So we continue these days of Christmas, the 12 days of Christmas, towards the baptism of the Lord, which is coming up after, it'll be, it'll be Monday after Sunday. Sunday is the Epiphany, and then Monday is the baptism, and we are back to ordinary time after that. But on Christmas days, we, we consider a lot the Gospel of John, is that insight into who it was that came at Christmas, this deeper insights into what it means that God, the Word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And I was just kind of struck with this reading, um, the impact of, of God, the Son of God, on each one of us, but on these disciples. And for this particular reading, bear with my imagination, but this is the writing of the Gospel of John. Like, he writes the story that John the Baptist was standing with his own disciples, he sees the Lamb of God. But this is John the Evangelist who wrote this decades later. And I just kind of picture, at that time, John, Simon Peter, Andrew, who had been with him on this day, looking back decades before, hey, y'all remember that first day? Y'all remember how it was? And I just think for, for like, in this moment of these two disciples with John the Baptist, how raw they were, how different they were, how when they were found, when Jesus reached out to them, or they reached out to Jesus, like, they didn't know who they were, they didn't know what they wanted, they, they were these Jews looking for the Messiah somehow, and following this preacher, John the Baptist, this camel's hair, crazy man in the, in the desert, and they knew nothing, and they had seen nothing, and they had done nothing, and fast forward decades later, as they're looking back, and John might be writing these things down, how much they had changed, how much... Like when, Saint, when Jesus says to Simon Peter, you will be called rock, kephas. Like, that didn't do anything to Peter at the time. But 40 years later, as they're looking back, like how much Simon Peter perhaps had become a rock in his faith after having denied his Lord in the first three years. Now he gave, he'd been giving his life for something like 20-something years later, giving his life for the Lord as a rock of faith, as a point of reference for others. Anyway, I was, just, I was dwelling on that a little bit, just, just what it was like for them to look back on how far they had come. And in the first moment, when John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God, pointing at this strange Nazarene carpenter son who just got baptized, Behold, the Lamb of God. They go in pursuit, knowing nothing, ignorant, maybe not the best Jews, maybe they had their own sins and struggles. They go after him. They have just enough faith to go after him. And our Lord turns to them, and here is the Savior of the world, God in the flesh, come to save you, heal you, help you. He doesn't say to them, oh, you, Andrew, you need to change this, 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 now go and work on it. John, you need to work on this, I heal you, you're good, bye. He says, what are you looking for? And I want to get into like, the way Jesus deals with us, the way God deals with us. This kind of brings me back to Genesis. Adam and Eve have sinned, everything is lost, and they know it, and they're about to get busted. And God enters the garden, and he doesn't come with lightning, thunder, and chastisements and spankings. He simply says, where are you? God knew very well where they were. Behind that third tree, they were hiding there naked. Like, he knew where they were. He wasn't, like, looking for them. But he's provoking in them, hey... Do you know where you are? And Jesus said to these two disciples, what are you looking for? I know what you're looking for. Do you know what you're looking for? And at the beginning, they had no idea. At the beginning, there was a thirst, there's a restlessness, there's a, there's a, a, like Jonah, always hungry for something, always wanted to touch something, always wanted to get his hands on something, lick something, like, I know I'm looking for something. I don't know what it is. 
But Jesus provokes that desire in our hearts, provokes that asking of our own selves, self-reflection, like, what, what am I looking for in life? Who am I in the depths of my heart? He provokes their self-reflection because they don't know yet. And then he gradually, not, you know, not overnight, trans, total transformation, he gradually brings them in. Come, and you will see. Actually, I love it. This is great. <laughs> what are you looking for? And I picture John elbowing Andrew after. Sorry. <laughs> what are you looking for? Andrew's like, <laughs> hey, where are you staying? Stupid question. Why'd you ask that question, you idiot? I didn't know what to say. So where are you staying? And Jesus meets them right there. Wherever they are, wherever you are, wherever I am, Jesus meets you right there. Come and you will see. Just a gradual, slow, unimposing, come walk with me. Let me walk with you. A little bit. And then he gives a little foretaste when Simon Peter is brought on, t- on the team. He says, you are Simon and you will be called Kephas. But it doesn't happen overnight. You could have seen Kepha saying, wait, what are you talking about? Transformation? Like me being someone I'm not? No, I'm done. Holiness? Forget it. Too high for me. Jesus gave him a little foretaste and then little by little molded Peter, molded Simon into Peter. And that's how he works with us. We're lost. We're, we're struggling. We're, we're not fully able to, to present our faith, not fully able to give a, a faithful and consistent witness to Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to meet you and me right there. What are you looking for? And then he's going to gradually walk with us, lead us deeper into a friendship and closeness with him, mainly out of love, and an experience of love. And as we're falling in love with him more and more, there's a molding taking place, there's a forging taking place, there's a transformation that absolutely takes place as we nourish ourselves on that love of God, that we become who we are called to be. But it's a slow, gradual process. And decades from now, maybe we will look back and say, you know, I remember the first time I started to turn my life more seriously towards following Christ. Man, I was so lost. Man, I was so judgmental. Man, I was so, like, hopeless. And now I look back, thanks be to God, maybe in my 50s or 60s or 80s, or maybe the day before I die at age 51, God, you've done great things for me. Like the Blessed Mother, right? The Almighty... You have done great things for me. May we have that experience as we ourselves grow in that relationship with Christ, that gradual deepening of our surrender to him as he himself molds us more and more into his image and likeness. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.